Before we start our story, we invite you to join the Circle Round Club. As a member, you can get ad-free episodes, bonus bedtime stories, early access to Circle Round events, and a personalized birthday message from me, Rebecca Shear. Join now and support the public radio podcast you love at WBUR.org slash Circle Round Club. Produced by the iLab at WBUR Boston. Have you ever been jealous of someone? Jealousy happens to all of us. We might wish we owned our friend's awesome new sweater. Or we might envy that new kid in school for being so cool. In today's story, we'll meet a man who's jealous of his neighbor. So jealous, in fact, that he tries playing a big trick on her. With help from an unsuspecting king. I'm Rebecca Shear, and welcome to Circle Round, where story time happens all the time. Today, our story is called The Elephant's Tub. Versions of this tale come from the Burmese people of Southeast Asia. Some really great people came together to bring you our adaptation of this folktale, including Annalie Tipton and Stephen Tobolowski. You grown-ups might know Annalie Tipton from movies like Crazy Stupid Love and All Nighter. And Stephen Tobolowski has appeared in countless TV shows and films, including classics like Spaceballs and Groundhog Day. So, circle round, everyone, for the elephant's tub. Once upon a time, in a small village in a faraway kingdom, two neighbors lived side by side. One neighbor was a potter, the other was a laundress. Now, the potter hadn't always been a potter. Long ago, he was a sculptor who used clay to craft beautiful, ornate statues of humans and animals that people all over the kingdom wanted to buy. But over the years, he had grown lazy. These days, the potter lounged in bed until noon. Oh! Oh! threw a couple of pots on his potter's wheel, then took them to market to sell. Clay pots. Anybody want any clay pots? Clay pots. But not very successfully. No takers, really. Yeah, big surprise there. Next door to the potter was the laundress. Unlike the potter, the laundress hopped out of bed at the crack of dawn. Ah, what a lovely morning then pranced down to the river to collect water. The laundress heated the water in a clay tub, then spent all day washing clothing, blankets, and towels, humming to herself as she worked. The laundress put a lot of effort into her work, and by the time she finished scrubbing her laundry, even the filthiest, grayest rags would gleam white as the snow. The laundress developed a reputation as the most talented washerwoman in all the land. Soon, her line of customers grew to be so long, it snaked all the way next door to the potter's yard. And that made the potter, whose business wasn't exactly booming, burn with jealousy. Hmm. All that woman does is heat water in a pot and scour other people's dirty skivvies. How is her business such a raging success? 
I must find a way to ruin her good fortune. One afternoon, the potter had just rolled out of bed when he overheard two of the laundress's customers chatting outside his window. They were talking about the king. The king lived in a towering marble palace, sat on a glittering golden throne, and kept a stable full of gray elephants. You see, in this part of the world, elephants were considered a great treasure. But the most treasured elephant of all was the white elephant. Legend had it that these rare and sacred white elephants came straight from the heavens and brought good luck and good fortune. Have you heard about the king? He's still searching high and low for a white elephant. Word has it, he sends his hunters to the jungle every single day. But they have yet to find the elusive creature. But wait, doesn't the king already have a bunch of gray elephants? He does! In his royal stable! So, why doesn't he just take one of his gray elephants and send it here? To the laundress. Last time I gave her my husband's dingy gray socks, they came back white as a swan. (laughs) As the potter eavesdropped on the two women, his envious heart skipped a beat. Suddenly, he knew exactly how he would bring the laundress down. Quick as a wink, the potter got dressed and rushed to the palace. He told the royal guards he was there on urgent business. When they led the potter inside... He found the king dressed in silken robes, sitting high on his golden throne. Your most illustrious highness. I live along the river where I make humble pots out of clay. But my neighbor, she makes magic. This laundress could take the grayest of clothes and turn them white as jasmine blossoms. The king tilted his crowned head. All right, So, what does any of this have to do with me? Well, your majesty, everyone knows you've been searching high and low for a white elephant. You already own many magnificent gray elephants. What if you got this laundress to work her magic on one of them? The king raised an eyebrow. You really think that could work? This... Magical laundress could take one of my gray elephants and bathe it until it was white? The potter smiled a devilish smile. There's only one way to find out. So the laundress was summoned to the palace. She listened carefully as the king explained his quest to track down the divine white elephant. That's a most admirable mission, your highness. A white elephant would bring good luck and good fortune to this entire kingdom. Exactly! And that's where you come in. I do? Yes. The king gestured toward the potter. This potter has been raving about your washing and how magical it is. He tells me you can take the grayest of grays and turn them the whitest of white. Therefore... I order you to take one of the gray elephants in my stable and wash it until it is as white as the clouds in the sky. If you fail, you will be banished from this kingdom. 
At first, the laundress thought the king was joking, but the expression on his face was absolutely serious. The potter, on the other hand, was smirking. That's when the laundress recognized him. He was the unfriendly man who lived next door, the one who used to create beautiful grand sculptures out of clay, but now slept till noon and tried selling his hastily made pots at the market. The potter always grumbled and glared whenever she said hello, and she had long suspected he was jealous of her success. Now she knew she was right, and her envious neighbor was trying to destroy her. But she refused to let him. Thinking fast, the laundress turned to the king. Your majesty, I am humbled to hear of the potter's high praise. I work hard on my washing, all day long, and I appreciate him recommending my services. Thus, it would be my honor to wash your gray elephant on one condition. I will only wash your elephant if I can wash him the way I wash all my other laundry. Of course. You may wash the elephant however you'd like. But that's the thing. I wash all my other laundry with soap and water in a clay tub. And I'm afraid my clay tub is far too small to bathe an elephant. I would need a much, much bigger tub. If only there were someone who knew how to make a big clay tub. The laundress snuck a glance at the potter. Just as she'd hoped, his smirk was gone and his face fell. The king's face, however, lit right up. You need someone who can make a clay tub, you say? Well, I know someone who can do that. We both do. He pointed a bejeweled finger at the potter. You, sir, know how to make things out of clay. Therefore... I order you to craft a clay tub big enough to bathe an elephant. I'll send my men to pick up the tub first thing tomorrow. If you fail, you will be banished from this kingdom. The potter couldn't believe his lousy luck. Because remember, he wasn't just a jealous man. He was a lazy one. As he thought about how much work it would take to craft a tub fit for an elephant... He began to sweat. Uh, your highness, you need the tub tomorrow, you say? Why can't our laundress here just bathe the elephant in the river? The laundress shook her head and waved her hands. Oh, no, no, no. All my soap suds will get washed away in the current. And besides, I always put my clay tub on the fire to heat up the water. How could I possibly heat an entire river? The laundress makes an excellent point. She... Must use a tub to wash my royal elephant. The king fixed the potter with a steely gaze. And you, sir, are going to make that tub. Or else. Now that the conniving potter has been caught in his own trap, will he wiggle his way out of it? We'll find out after a quick break. Support for Circle Round comes from Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
and listeners will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash round. That's Indeed.com slash round. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Before we get back to our story, have you heard about the Circle Round Club? It's a super fun way to support the public radio podcast you love and get all sorts of perks, including a welcome box with special Circle Round Club swag, weekly activity emails, monthly newsletters, and early access to Circle Round events. You can also get bonus bedtime stories, behind-the-scenes videos, ad-free episodes, and a personalized birthday message from me, Rebecca Shear. Sign up now at WBUR.org slash Circle Round Club. Welcome back to Circle Round. I'm Rebecca Shear. Today our story is called The Elephant's Tub. When we left off, the king was determined to own a white elephant, a divine sacred animal that would bring good fortune to his entire kingdom. A jealous, lazy potter had tricked the king into giving a clever, hard-working laundress a seemingly impossible task, washing one of the king's gray elephants until it was white. Once the laundress realized what the potter was up to, she decided to snare him in his own trap. She told the king she needed to bathe the gray elephant in a clay tub, and, just as she'd hoped, the king ordered the potter to make that tub. So the potter went home and spent hours gathering clay from the river. He worked all night long, harder than he'd worked in years. And by the time the sun came up, he had fashioned a tub that looked big enough to fit the royal elephant. When the king's men showed up to collect the tub and hoist it onto their cart, the potter was so tired he could barely keep his eyes open. But he followed the cart to the palace, where the king was waiting, with the laundress by his side. Good morning, potter! I commend you on coming through. Men, put the tub on the fire and fill it up. The king's men lit a fire, then heaved the giant tub on top. They poured in jug after jug of soapy water. As the fire blazed beneath the tub, the laundress tested the sudsy water with her finger. Mmm, not quite warm enough. Still not warm enough. Getting closer. Closer. There. Once the water reached the proper temperature, the king let out a whistle. And in lumbered one of the royal gray elephants. With its long, curved tusks, massive ears, and twisting trunk, the great beast trundled over to the clay tub. But the minute it lifted its hulking gray foot and stepped inside, there was a loud crash. And the clay tub shattered into a thousand pieces. Foamy water sprayed everywhere, dousing the fire and drenching the king's silken robe. Potter! Your tub may have been large enough to fit an elephant, but it was too fragile, too thin. You are absolutely right, your majesty. The laundress smiled innocently. I can't bathe this elephant until the potter makes a tub that's strong enough. Why don't we give him another chance? Fine. Go home, Potter. 
and make me another tub. My men will pick it up first thing tomorrow. The potter shot the laundress a withering glance, then trudged back home and spent all night toiling away. By the time the sun came up, he could hardly stand up, but he had crafted a tub that seemed thick and sturdy enough to support the elephant's hefty weight. Once again, the king's men carted the tub to the palace, where, once again, the king and the laundress were waiting. Welcome back, Potter. I commend you on crafting another tub. Get to it, men. Just like yesterday, the king's men hefted the tub onto the crackling fire. They filled the tub with suds. Then the laundress began testing the water. Definitely not warm enough. Still not warm enough. Still not warm enough. Nothing is happening. This water is just as cold as it was to begin with. The king scowled at the exhausted potter, who was practically asleep on his feet. Potter! Your tub may be strong enough to hold an elephant, but its walls are too thick. The heat from the fire can't get through. You are 100% correct, your majesty. The laundress rested a hand on her hip. I can't bathe this elephant until the potter makes a tub that can let in enough heat. What do you say we give him another chance? Oh, all right. Go home, Potter, and make me another tub. My men will pick it up first thing tomorrow. The Potter narrowed his eyes at the laundress, then stumbled back home and got to work on yet another new tub. He worked harder than he ever had before. But when the king's men carted the tub to the palace and the elephant stepped inside... The tub was too fragile. Potter! So the potter made another tub. But this one... Still not warm enough. ...was too thick. Potter! The potter kept trying. And trying. Still not warm enough. Over and over and over again. And as the weeks wore on, the laundress began to take pity on her neighbor. For the first time in years, she saw how hard the poor fellow was working, and she got an idea. One evening, she walked next door to the potter's house. He was toiling away on yet another clay tub. He rolled his eyes when the laundress walked in, but she convinced him to take a break and hear her out. Neighbor, your labor over the past few weeks has been incredible. I haven't seen you work this hard since you made all of those beautiful, lifelike statues way back when. Do you remember those days when you were a sculptor? The potter wiped his brow. I do. Well, what if I told you you didn't have to bring the king another clay tub? What if I told you you could bring him something else instead? Something that could bring good luck and good fortune to the entire kingdom. The potter listened carefully as the laundress laid out her plan. By the time she was finished, the man's eyes were twinkling. So, you really think this will work? The laundress reached out and squeezed her neighbor's hand. There's only one way to find out. For what felt like the millionth night in a row, the potter stayed up working. But the next morning, when the king's men arrived with their cart, the potter wasn't the least bit tired or weary. He was excited and walked with a spring in his step as he followed the cart to the palace, 
where the king was waiting as usual with the laundress by his side. But as the men unloaded the cart, the king rubbed his eyes and looked at the potter quizzically. Potter? You see, the potter had not made another tub. Nope. For the first time in years, he had sculpted a statue. A grand, ornate clay statue with long, curved tusks, massive ears, and a twisting trunk. It was, yes, an elephant, with a body that gleamed as white as the snow, or a swan, or a jasmine blossom, or the clouds in the sky. It's meant to be a fountain, your highness, with water flowing out of its trunk, You could put it in the square in front of the palace, and your citizens can toss coins into it. Uh, Don't they say tossing coins in a fountain brings good luck and good fortune? I figure, until you find a real white elephant, this one's the next best thing. The potter held his breath as he waited for the king to respond. The laundress did, too. They waited and waited until, at last... The king grinned. I like it. I like it very much. I'll have it installed in front of the palace right away. Bravo, Potter. Though I should probably call you Sculptor from now on. Eh? And so, in a way, the king got his white elephant. The kingdom got some good luck and good fortune. And the hard-working laundress and the hard-working sculptor, well, they each got a new friend. Now it's your turn. Think about something kind you can do for a neighbor. Maybe you can draw them a card, drop off flowers, or offer to help rake leaves or shovel snow. Whatever it is, talk with a grown-up about your plan, then go out and be a good neighbor. This week's story, The Elephant's Tub, was adapted by me, Rebecca Shear. It was edited by Circle Round's executive producer, Catherine Brewer. Our original music and sound design is by Eric Shimalonis. If you like Eric's music, you will love the music of Circle Round Volume 1, our soundtrack from our first season. To get your copy, visit our website, wbur.org slash circle round, and click on Soundtrack and Coloring Pages. While you're there, you can find, yes, our coloring pages. Circle Round's artist, Sabina Hahn, has created a black and white picture for every Circle Round story, and you can color them in while you listen, or anytime. Special thanks to this week's actors, L. Borders, Amy Brentano, Chris Tucci, Annalie Tipton, and Stephen Tobolowski. Annalie Tipton is currently shooting the movie Vengeance, written and directed by B.J. Novak, and co-starring Issa Rae, Boyd Holbrook, and Ashton Kutcher. Grown-ups, you can look for Annalie on the small screen in the CBS All Access series Why Women Kill. Stephen Tobolowski stars on One Day at a Time. Season 4 premieres on Pop TV on March 24th. Stephen also has his own podcast, The Tobolowski Files, featuring stories about life, love, and Hollywood. Our featured instrument this week was the gong circle. You can learn more about this Burmese percussion instrument on our website. Again, 
That's WBUR.org slash Circle Round. Never want to miss an episode of Circle Round? You grown-ups listening can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us some stars, write us a review, or just tell your friends about the show. Circle Round is a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR news station. I'm Rebecca Shear. Thanks for circling round with us. One of the best things about creating Circle Round is hearing from listeners like you. Circle Round fans have been telling us about their favorite Circle Round stories, and we're excited to share some of their voices with you. My name is Lisa, and from Stockholm, Sweden. My favorite Circle One is the Princess and the Mia. I like be, I like it because she goes on adventures. My name is Ivy, and I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada. And my favorite part of the goat in the garden is where the goat said, ow, 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 ow. Did someone mention an episode you missed? No problem. You can find every single Circle Round story on our website. That's wbur.org slash circle round or wherever you and your grown-ups get your podcasts.